think it's always good for us to every now and then do a little acapella, hear everybody's voice. I think, uh, I think that's such a, such a blessing to the soul to, to hear the harmony in this congregation. Everybody can sing. And so let's get to it. If you have a copy of God's word, we're going to continue our journey in uh, book of Hebrews. We're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 7 this morning. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 10 will be our focus. Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. I'll start reading back in chapter 6, starting at verse 19 for context. So I'll start reading at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, all the way through to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 10. Verse 19, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. This Melchizedek, king of Solomon, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him, Abraham, a portion, a tenth part of everything, he is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, that is, king of peace. He is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. But resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. See how great this man was to, uh, to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the spoils. And those descendants of Levi who received the priest, priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these are also uh, these also are descended from Abraham. But this man, who does not have his descendant from them, received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. It is beyond dispute that the inferior is blessed by the superior. In the one case, tithes are received by mortal men, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. One might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. This is God's word. There's a lot for us here, but let us give heed to, to this blessing, this blessing that we have in Scripture concerning our great high priest, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it, the, the author has something in mind about Christ that is important for us to know. Melchizedek, his priestly ministry is important for us to know. You know where that's found at? In the Old Testament. 
The Old Testament is important for us to know. If we are to know Christ and if we're to know, if we're to have full assurance of who Christ is, we're to be people of the Old Testament. We're to study the Old Testament in order to know Christ and to be blessed by the truth of who Christ is, that he is revealed in many of the types in the Old Testament. And that's what the the, the, the writer here in Hebrews 7, the, the language, and, and even going forward from here to the rest of the, through the rest of the book, it made, the language may sound unfamiliar to, uh, to us. There, there's a, a, a focus upon the shadows or, or the types. And, and uh, as, as we were saying theology, types, and you have types and you have the anti-type. And so what, what the writer is doing, he's using typology. A type is a, a person or a thing symbolizing or exemplifying uh, the ideal or defining characteristics of something. The type points forward to, to something else. There's the antitype, uh, which is represented by the, the type, but uh, the antitype is a fulfillment of the original event, person, or characteristic of, of the type. And so what the, what the author is, is doing in, in our text is he is using typology. The, the Melchizedek is type. He is, he is type. Jesus Christ is the anti-type. Uh, Melchizedek is the foreshadowing of, of Christ and, and, and who he is. And, and Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that which Melchizedek pointed forward to that Christ would be to us. And so the, 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 the writer, what, what he, he's going to do is he's going to unfold the this, this significance of, of Mel, Melchizedek priesthood and, and so that we can recognize and that we can hold fast to that we can cling to Christ, who is our great high priest. There, there are many things that the writer is going to point out about Melchizedek that will help us to understand the nature and the sufficiency of Christ as our priest and king. And, and talking about a, a, a type and any type before we go into the text, just to give you an example of, 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 of a type and any type and, and how that, that, that type points to Christ. An example would be, y'all remember the story of the bronze serpent? Uh, in, in the Old Testament, where the people had sinned against God and God sent serpents to 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 kill the people because of their sin. And and God told Moses to to lift up a a, a serpent on, on a staff to to hoist up this this serpent on a pole in the wilderness. And if the people would look to to that to to that serpent, to that to the staff, they they would be saved. They, they would be they would be delivered from death. Those Israelites who believed that God would save them, they looked to that staff and, and they were saved. And, and, and so that was a type in, in the New Testament. Jesus referred to this in John chapter three, verse 14, where it says, Jesus says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, the type. Even so, uh, even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up any type. The, 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 the type is pointing to the anti-type. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, 
so must the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, be lifted up on the cross and all who come to him in faith will be saved. They will be delivered from eternal damnation and eternal death, uh, eternal damnation uh, uh, in Christ. So, so, uh, so Melchizedek, he is a type that points to the antitype, the, the greater priest, Jesus Christ. And, it's the, and so the, the main point of Hebrews chapter seven, verse one through 10 is, is to show the, is to point to the, the greater priest, Jesus Christ. It's, it's really not about Melchizedek. It's really about Jesus Christ. The author wants us uh, and the readers uh, uh, to see that, that, that this is who Christ is and that we're to, to hold on in our faith in him and turn to nothing else because nothing else we'll find out next week uh, the, there, there is nothing else that can meet the perfection of, of, of Jesus Christ, our high priest. So who, who is Melchizedek? He, uh, he, he is a, he's a type of Christ. He, is a, he, he was an actual historical figure who, who was king. He, he wasn't, uh, he, he wasn't uh, the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, he wasn't an, an angel. Uh, he he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, some would say he's the. He, he's the. He he was Christ. Uh, and and he, no, he he he's not none of that. He is a he is a man. He is a real man, a real actual historical figure in Scripture. And and, and before we get to our text, turn to Genesis chapter fourteen. And this is where one of the places uh, he he is mentioned. Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14 uh, describes the, uh, the, 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 the battle that Abraham uh, waged against uh, the, these, these kings who had come in and, and, and battled Sodom and Gomorrah and, 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 and their enemies. We, we'll see that uh, uh, in, in this text here, uh, Abraham's uh, nephew Lot was was taken in battle in between these pagan kings, and that was a mistake for them. It was, it was bad for them that they 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 messed around and they took they took Lot. And so in in Genesis fourteen uh, verses one through ten, uh, we see that there was a, a battle between the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and their enemies. Uh, the enemies of Sodom and Gomorrah won the battle, and they took possession of uh, uh, took the possessions of Sodom and Gomorrah. And in doing, they also took Lot. They took Lot, and uh, in verses eleven through twelve, they, they took Lot uh, as well. And when Abraham got the news that that Lot was was taken, uh, Abraham summoned up the special forces. He 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 took three hundred of his trained men, over three hundred of his trained men, in pursuit of those who had kidnapped Lot. And verses thirteen through fourteen, he 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 took them, and at night he divided his forces and attacked these kings and defeated them, and he rescued Lot, his family, and many others. Verses fifteen through sixteen. But here is where Melchizedek come on the scene. He comes on the scene, and he comes on. This is the the only instance uh, of Melchizedek uh, being uh, described outside of 
Psalm 110 and in Hebrews chapter 7. And so look at uh, here at verse number 17. After his return, friend, he's talking about uh, Abraham. After his return from the defeat of uh, Chattel Lamor uh, and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of, of Shavah, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of, of Sodom, brought out bread and wine. And notice it says he was priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said to him, blessed be Abram by God, by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram who was Abraham, gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to, to Abram, give me the person persons, but take the goods for yourself. And this is a contrast with, with Melchizedek. The, 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 uh, the, there's a contrast between Melchizedek, who we'll find out in Hebrews 7 is a, a righteous uh, king, and the king of Sodom, who is a, a pagan king and king of, of wicked people. And he said to the king of Sodom, uh, the, and the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to the Lord God, most high possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, least you should say, I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me. And so here we are introduced to Melchizedek. We're, we're, we're told something about him that is significant. And the writer of Hebrews is going to give us just a little bit more detail. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 7. He's going to give us a little bit more detail about Melchizedek that we don't that we didn't read here in this in this passage. Hebrews chapter seven. The writer's going to look at look at verse number one. It says for this Melchizedek, this is we just read about him in Genesis chapter fourteen. This is the individual for this Melchizedek, king of Sodom. And so uh, the first thing that we ought to take note of here in verse one and in verse two is the fact that Melchizedek is a king. Notice that he is identified four times, four times in verses one and two as king. Notice verse one, it says for this Melchizedek, king of, of Solom, and go, to, go down to verse uh, number two, says that he is a king of righteousness. He is a king of Salem, that is, king of peace. So Melchizedek is referred to here in our text uh, as a king, a king that ruled the people of, of Solom. He's a he's a man who is a who was an actual king. And many scholars maintain that 
that solemn here it could be ancient Jerusalem but but notice the text and notice what makes this king out of all the kings notice what makes this king unique he 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 is identified as he's the king of solemn priest of the most high god this king is a priest Melchizedek, and uh, like 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 uh, like Abraham was a worshiper of, of the one true God, Yahweh. But Melchizedek was a priest. He was a king and a priest. This this is the first time if you do a search of priest, this is the first time that priest is used in the Old Testament. It could be said that Melchizedek is the first priest in the Old Testament. And, 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 and again, notice this, this little thing that Melchizedek occupied both the office of king and priest. This, this, was, this was unheard of under the Mosaic law and the Levitical priesthood. In the Old Testament, the office of the king and the priest was always kept separate. So here you have a man who is a king and he's a priest. And what does it say about Melchizedek? That he's a type of Christ. This, this is what the author is getting at. Melchizedek occupying both office of king and priest makes him a type of Christ. And we, you say, well, 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 how did this point to Christ? Well, in Revelation 19, verse 16, John says on his robe and on his thigh, and talking about Jesus Christ, he, had, he uh, has a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, we learn that Jesus is our great high priest. So, Melchizedek, who is a type is pointing forward in 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 his in a sense in in his job description is pointing forward to Jesus Christ who is a king who is our great high priest and both of these titles are found in Psalm 110 turn to Psalm 110 The Psalm of David, that is a psalm that is pointing forward to, to Jesus Christ. And notice in verse one, it says, the Lord says to, to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. We know that this is referring to Christ. The Lord sends forth from Zion, your mighty scepter rule in the midst of your enemies. In verse two, your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments from the womb of the morning and dew of your youth will be yours. And, and here is an important fact that is identified in Hebrews chapter seven. Verse four, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order 
of Melchizedek, talking about Jesus Christ. The Lord is at your right hand, verse 5, and he will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpse, corpses. He will shatter uh, chiefs over the, the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up their head. And in and, and this psalm, uh, it, it reveals that, that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is the supreme king, that he is the, the supreme priest, and that he is installed not by heritage, but by oath. God installed. God is, is, is the one who, who named Christ as a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so, Melchizedek points forward to Jesus Christ. He, he, to, he is an example of Christ to us. And so Melchizedek, he, 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 to show even more that he functioned as, as a, a priest to, to, to show us, uh, the writer goes on and says he, he met Abraham. So this, this, is, this is not a, a spirit or anything like this. This is an actual prayer. He met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed them. Abraham was a, was a bad dude. <laughs> See how he's described? He, he, what he did, he went and slaughtered. <laughs> he, he slaughtered these kings who had took Lot. But, but notice what Melchizedek, Melchizedek met Abraham and he blessed Abraham. After Abraham came back from the battle, he, he, Melchizedek blessed him. This is a priestly act. Again, pointing to the fact that Jesus uh, that, that Melchizedek points forward to Jesus, who is our, our great high priest. O only the priest could, could bless in this way. Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 5, says this of the Levitical priesthood. Deuteronomy 21, verse 5. Said, the, then the priests, the sons of Levi, shall come forward. For the Lord your God has chosen them to minister to him and to bless in the name of the Lord. This, this is a, a function uh, that was given to those who are priests. Abraham recognized, he recognized Melchizedek as a priest. He received the, the blessing uh, that Melchizedek uh, uh, put put up on him, and and he gave Melchizedek a tenth of his, of all that he owned. He, he says, uh, and to him Abram, uh, Abraham a portion, a tenth of everything. Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of all his wealth, and, and he did this because he recognized Melchizedek as a priest who served the true God. This is this is a, 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 another pointer for us of the importance of Melchizedek and and really his superiority over Abraham, over the Levitical priesthood. Even a a Abraham recognized the, 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 that Melchizedek was superior to him and he gave him a tenth 
of his wealth. And so we see that Melchizedek is he's king, he, he's priest. And, and now we're going to look at the at his name. What, what does his name mean? And look at what the, the writer says. He is first by translation of his name, king of righteousness. He, the Melchizedek means uh, king of righteousness. And, and again, this this is not a coincidence. This, this is this this just didn't happen. This this is this this is a shadow of of one who will come two thousand years later. Uh, it points forward to Jesus Christ. This, this is nothing significant about Melchizedek that his name is King of Righteousness. It simply uh, is a is a he is simply a type that points forward to Jesus Christ because the New Testament identified Jesus as the righteous one in First John. Chapter two, verse one, uh, John says he is righteous and 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 thank God for his righteousness, because in first Corinthians chapter one, verse 30, it says that Christ has become righteousness. He has become our righteousness. So this this king, uh, Melchizedek, the king of righteousness, pointing forward to the righteous one, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so he's not only is he, is he a king of righteousness, he his title is is king of peace. He 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 reigned in a sense. You could say he reigned in righteousness in the city of Salome, in the city of peace. And possibly the, the city, uh, the city of Jerusalem. He, he's a he's a he Solomon means peace. And so he's a, he's a king of peace. And again, this points forward to Jesus Christ. You say, why is it important? It points forward to Jesus Christ. According to Psalm 7, uh, 72, verses 7 through 8, Jesus Christ's kingdom is, is marked by both righteousness, peace, and dominion. It says this, it says, in, in, in verse number 7, in his days may the righteous flourish and peace abound. Till the moon be no more. Verse eight. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from river, uh, from the river to the ends of the earth. Talking about Jesus Christ. Isaiah verse nine and six. It says unto us. We are familiar with this text because it is something that that we read every uh, every time Christmas come around. Isaiah uh, uh, chapter nine, verse six. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ is, 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 the, is, is the, 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 according to Isaiah, he is the Prince of Peace. Psalm 85 also points to, to Jesus Christ. It, it says there, it says righteousness and peace, peace, uh, they, they kiss each other <laughs> in the Lord. So this is, this is significant about, about the, the one who is our, our great high priest. If he is similar to, to Melchizedek in that he is, he is a king, he, he is a, 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 a priest, he is a king of righteousness. He is a, a king of peace. 
This 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 all points points us forward to to Christ. That means that he is he is greater. He's the greater priest. He is truly our great high priest. And so these so so Melchizedek, his name is King of Righteousness. His title is he's the he's the king of, of peace. Look at verse three. Now, this is kind of strange. It says he is without father or mother or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. That's a weird way to describe a, a man, isn't it? He's without father or mother. So, so many would look at this and say that this refers to the that that Melchizedek was the the pre-incarnate Christ. But what the author is saying is simply that the that in uh, Genesis chapter fourteen we don't read anything about uh, Melchizedek's birth, about his death, about his descendants. We we don't read any of that in. Genesis. We 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 don't get any of that information in Scripture, and so the the Hebrew writer is simply saying uh, this uh, according to what we we have, what we know about Melchizedek. We we don't we we all we know is that he was he existed, <laughs> that he came, that he met Abraham. That, that's all we know, and and and, and because of that, because. We don't know who his descendants are. We don't know when he was born. We don't know when he died. Then looking at Melchizedek, just from what we have in Scripture, that means that he he continues. He his his priesthood is a is a continuous priesthood. And 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 because we don't know any of his descendants, there's we can't trace we can't trace back uh, how he was qualified. Uh, to be a priest through through his uh, genealogy, we 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 can't we can't find it out. And so the writer is is in a, in a sense saying he, Melchizedek seemed to be eternal because all we got in Scripture is what we read in Genesis chapter fourteen in regards to uh, in in regards to his life. So so is this saying that that Melchizedek is the Pre-incarnate Christ? No. Look at look at what the writer says. He is without father, mother, or genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but notice that resembling the Son of God, he continues a priest forever. So this is not Christ. This is not the pre-incarnate Christ. This is not a this this is not a a, a Christ uh, re- revealing himself. In a sense, uh, uh, in, in to 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 Abram, to Abraham, oh, this this is this is an actual person who resembles by his character, by his titles, by what he does, he resembles the Son of God, and he, he uh, the writer say he continues uh, priest forever. So this 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 Melchizedek is is not the same as Jesus. He just re- he is his life resembles the Son of God, and and Jesus Christ, who would come, we know that uh, his priesthood is forever, 
because Jesus is God. He's not going to Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is God. He 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 exists for all eternity as 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 the God man. Look at verse number four. We see here that that Melchizedek, not only did he point to Christ and all that that and, and all that he is, Melchizedek is also greater than Abraham and which makes him greater than Levi. Notice verse four through seven. Melchizedek, he was superior to Abraham. It says, see how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, and see the, the author is being intentional here. See how great this man was to whom Abraham, and then he adds, the patriarch gave a tenth of the spoils. And so what he's he's saying is that, uh, and when Abraham gave a, a ten percent of of all that he had, he did so because he recognized the the greatness of of Melchizedek in a sense. That he was a he was a priest, priestly king. Verse five, and those descendants, and he's going now he's going to describe how he is superior to Abram, to Abraham. Verse five, and those descendants of Levi who received the priestly office have a commandment in the law to take tithes from the people, that is, from their brothers, though these also are descendants from Abraham. Even though these uh, the, the the Levitical priests, uh, they were descendants of Abraham. They they were brothers in a sense of, of the people. The people were obligated by law to to pay them tithes. Uh, they they were obligated by the law of God to pay pay the uh, tithe to the sons of Levi. But look at verse six. But this man who does not have his descent from them received tithes. From Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. This this man he's talking about is Melchizedek. He does not come from the tribe of Levi. His descendants aren't they're not known. We don't know who his descendants are. We don't know who his mother and father is. We don't know who who are those who came after him. He, he's not a part of 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 Abraham. And, and 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 the writer says uh, he, he, he's not connected to, to Abraham. He's not connected to the chosen people. He's not a descendant of Abraham. And yet he received tithe from Abraham. This was something that the Levitical priest uh, was 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 authorized to do. But Melchizedek is not a Levitical priest. And he is receiving tithe from Abraham. Before the priesthood has has even before it even started, Melchizedek is blessing Abraham and he is receiving tithes from Abraham. And and and, and he, he received a blessing and, and look at verse number seven. It says it, it is beyond dispute that the inferior who is the what is the inferior talking about Abraham is blessed by the superior. Abraham, the father of the nation of Israel, the patriarch, 
the head. The, the, he, he is the father of the nation of Israel from which the, 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 the Messiah would come. And this, this, this passage saying is that the, the, the inferior is blessed by the superior. The greater man, Melchizedek, pronounces God's blessing on the lesson, which is Abraham. And, and, and what this, and so what does this mean? This means that, that, that Melchizedek is superior to Abraham. And if he is superior to Abraham, he is superior to all the Levitical priests who come from the loins of Abraham. Look at verse number eight. Melchizedek is superior to, to even Levi. It says in verse eight, in the one case, tithes are received by mortal man, but in the other case, by one of whom it is testified that he lives. That he lives is referring to Melchizedek. The, the mortal men is referring to the Levitical priests who received tithes. They received tithes as mortal men, as men who were subject to death. One priest died and another came on and had to take his place. But not so with Melchizedek. Because there is no mention in scripture that Melchizedek died. That there, that because there is, there is no, uh, earthly record of a success, of, of a successor of Melchizedek. The writer is saying, uh, metaphorically, he continues forever. We know he died. We, we know he, because he's a man. We know that Melchizedek died, but we don't have that in scripture. And so the writer is, is, is pointing to this and says that he, he continues forever. And again, he is pointing, he is using this to point forward to Jesus Christ. Verse 9, it says, one might even say that Levi himself, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham. And so he's saying here, since Abraham represents his descendants, and since it's Abraham represent all of those who, who are his descendants, Levi himself, through Abraham, paid a tithe to Melchizedek. And, and in doing this, the writer is saying, uh, he, because uh, Levi is, is, a, uh, is, is, is a descendant of, of Abraham, in, in Abraham, uh, Levi and, and the Levitical priests, they are subordinating themselves to Melchizedek. They, they are acknowledging the superiority of Melchizedek priesthood. And, and so look, look how this is possible. Look at verse number 10. It says, for he was still in the loins of his ancestor when Melchizedek met him. In other words, he wasn't even born yet. And so what, what we're introduced here is, is, to, uh, is, is, is to the fact that uh, an, an action by a representative is counted as an action of, of, the, of a descendant. And uh, uh, Robinson noted this. He explains it this way. He says the, the reasoning of the writer may seem strange to the modern mind. Doesn't this all this we're talking about seem strange to your mind? He says, the reasoning of the writer may seem strange to the mind. How can 
uh, talking about spe uh, specifically this passage, how can the action of a person in one generation be reckoned as the action of another person in a, sub a subsequent generation? He says, as strange as it may seem, this concept fits the pattern of biblical uh, representations. Adam acted as a representative for the whole human race. And he says the high priest of Israel acted for the whole nation on the day of atonement. And so in a similar way, he says, Abraham acted for Aaron in acknowledging the superiority of Melchizedek. So we this this shouldn't be hard for us to grasp because this is we find this this type of of representation in, in scripture. Turn to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five. We'll look at verse number twelve. And and, and again, this is important for us. We will see in this passage, Romans chapter five. Verse number 12, Adam, he represented all humanity when he fell. And look at look at the consequence. It says in verse 12, therefore, just as sin came into the world, notice through one man talking about Adam and death through sin. And here's the consequence. And so death spread to all men because all sin. Right. This is Adam and what he did as the representative of humanity spreads to all of humanity now. But this is this is where it's important for us as believers. Look at verse number 18. It says, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men talking about. What Adam did in the garden, that one trespass led to condemnation for all men. So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. That's sweet truth, ain't it? That, that, that's important for us to understand if we're going to stand before God and, and have clean consciences before him. Stand before a holy God. It, just as the one trespass led to condemnation for all of us. So, so one act of righteousness, one act of righteousness leads to, leads to gen, uh, justification and life for all men. And we know that points forward to that is talking about Jesus Christ. So both Adam and Christ represented man, but. Adam brought death and Christ brings life. And so and sort of what is happening in verse uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in Hebrews chapter seven is, 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 is something that is we see that is a pattern throughout throughout scripture. And so you, you might be saying, why? Why? why is, I mean, this is this is hard to grasp and don't seem important to me. But but it is important, beloved, because God said Christ is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. 
So it, it's it's important that that we that we we read this, that we understand this, because in understanding Melchizedek, we understand Christ. We 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 understand something about the superiority of Christ over the Levitical priesthood. And this is important for the for the audience that the Hebrew writer is writing to, because they were tempted to go back to the Old Testament sacrificial system of priests and sacrifices. And the author is going to make the case from this point forward that Christ is superior to the priest that you want to go back to. Christ is superior to the sacrifice that you want to go back to. What are you got? What are you going back to that is greater than Christ? There is nothing that is greater than Jesus Christ. That's what the, this is what this passage is teaching us and telling us so that we can worship Christ because he is our great high priest. It's, it's, if, if Christ is better, he is worth following. If Christ is better, why would I go back to anything of the world? If Christ is better, if he is one who is able to identify with me, as Pastor Mark said, as he is able to identify with me in my weakness and my suffering, because he came into the world as a man, why would I turn away to any other weakling? <laughs> that there is nothing outside of Christ that can bring us, as the writers said in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, there is, there is nothing, no one, no thing that, could, that can give us a sure and steadfast hope, an anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where, where Jesus has gone. That there is nobody else that can do for us what Christ has done. There is no one else who can be to us what Christ is. That's the importance of Hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 through 10. That's the importance of Melchizedek. So I hope you go back and you read and you meditate upon Melchizedek. Because the writer of scripture, which is inspired by God, given to us through the Holy Spirit, thought that it was important to teach these believers about Melchizedek. This, it's on, this is not my, my notes. This is, this is what, what we have just gone through is scripture and given to us by God through the Holy Spirit. And so, and, 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 and God saw it fit to give it to these struggling Christians who were struggling in the faith. And he thought that it was important to strengthen their faith. And guess what? It's important to strengthen your faith as well. It is, it is if, if, if you receive Jesus, you don't need nothing else. It is Jesus Christ who even now, as your great high priest, if you're a believer, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you. He, he, can, he can sympathize with you. <laughs> and guess what? If you're a believer, and if you're in Christ, by the grace of God, it, it is possible for you to honor Christ, possible for you to honor God, 
It's possible that you can live a life that point others to Jesus Christ. What a savior we have. What a what a high priest we have. And that, that's closing prayer. Father, I thank you. There is so much of scripture that is hard for us to comprehend at times. And 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 it there are parts that like if you read through Leviticus, you know, the temptation is to say that this is not exciting. This doesn't say anything about me or make, you know, and, and make much of me. The reality is nothing in scripture is about us. Nothing in scripture makes much of us. Scripture is all about Christ. Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament is all about Christ. And may we cherish the, this, this reality that, that, that we have one who is our great high priest, who, who is not only God, but he is man. He, he, he is one who, who can identify with us. He is one who can stand and mediate between holy God and sinful man. He is one that, that, can, that can mediate for us. He is the one that, that, can, that can give his life. And, and, and that life is, is, is uh, his, he is called the, the Lamb of God. And, and he, he can give his life for our salvation. We're talking about, we, we, we want to know somebody great. Let's talk about Jesus Christ. We want somebody to put on front of the Time magazine as the man of the year. Put Christ on there. Children, you want somebody to follow that that is more popular and, 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 and better than all the, the, your friends. Follow Christ. Because one day, if you turn your back on, on Christ, who is who has brought us such a great salvation. You turn your back on Christ, you have nothing else to nothing else but face a holy God. That's your heritage. That's what you got waiting for you. That's your that's that's your that's the life you're going to have. Outside of Jesus Christ. So, Father, help us. Because we need your help to cherish the preeminence of Jesus Christ in, in, in all things so that we can worship you right, so that we can, we can live uh, in, our, in our daily lives in a way that brings you glory and honor. It's only when Christ, when Christ is, 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 that, is that treasure, we, when we cherish him as a treasure in all things, when, when, when Christ has such a grasp upon a, our hearts and our minds and our souls, he has such a, when Christ have a grasp upon us, it, it is in no times when we can experience the greatest joy, even if we're suffering. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the truth about Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen.